that's amazing. Okay, so we have a, a, an interesting message for today, and I know it's Family Sunday, so I, I want, we're going to be reading in Romans chapter 8, so I want to encourage you guys to open to that, and is there anybody that's a kid in the room that would like to help us do the reading today? Anybody? Just raise your hand. Okay, come on up here. I need like at least three or four. It's a long passage, so first four, awesome. First four that come up. Hold on just a second. Okay, you guys got Romans chapter 8 in your Bible pulled up. Um, Okay, so Callie, you're going to read from verse 1 until verse, let's do 4, okay? So uh, read this paragraph right here, all right? So if you're reading, we're going to be doing the NIV if you're pulling it from your version. Romans, nope, don't read that part, just right here and then right up here. Romans 8, starting at verse 1. Therefore, this is now no commendation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus is law of spirit who gives life has set you free from the law and sin and death for what the law has powerless was powerless was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sin of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and so he commended sin in the flesh. That's awesome. So he condemned sin in the flesh. All right, Jack, you're going to pick up right here. Read a couple sentences in order, okay? In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Could do one more. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Okay, perfect. All right, Aaliyah, you're going to read a couple sentences right here. The mind. The mind. Governed, that's a hard one. Governed by the flesh is death, but mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile Hostile to God. It does not submit, submit mm-hmm. to God's law, no can, nor. It, nor can it do so. Perfect. All right. So good. So good. All right. It's good to hear the word read to you. I'm going to keep reading a little bit. Um, we're in verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. We're going to read a few more verses. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. 
Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Okay, this is a meaty, meaty passage of scripture, amen? We could probably spend several months uh, unpacking this. Sorry, I can't see everybody. I'm going to push this back. You guys are free to move if you want to be able to see the board better. But I want to talk today about the realm of the spirit and the realm of the flesh. Is that okay? I know it's family Sunday, but kids need to hear this too. I would give a lot to have this understanding as a child to be able to grow up in this way. I want to sum up the flesh and the spirit as simply as I can. Essentially, as a Christian, you are either in the realm of the flesh or in the realm of the spirit. And here's what it looks like. The flesh essentially is using human effort without dependence on God's gift of the Holy Spirit through faith. It's, when we talk about the flesh, when Romans is talking about the flesh, the most simplistic way to explain it is human effort without depending on God. The Spirit, in this regard, when we're talking about living by the Spirit, we're talking about those who have the Spirit and chose to depend on Him. Okay, it's as simple as I can make it. In the flesh, we are not depending on God. We don't have a desire to depend on God. In the spirit, we are living our life depending on him as our source. Amen? So I want to look a couple of these verses uh, because I think this is important for us to understand. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Now, you guys have heard this before, right? Has everybody heard this before? There's no condemnation. If you are feeling condemnation, it is not the voice of God. Period. If you are experiencing this nagging thought in your mind and you're wondering, is this what God really thinks about you? I want to settle it for you. No, there is no condemnation, period. Verse 2, it says, Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Okay, let's break this down. So the law of the Spirit. Everybody say law of the Spirit. And everybody say law of sin and death. So we're talking about two completely different things. Now, I hope you have an inkling in your mind, but if you don't, let me help you understand. What we're talking about is essentially the old covenant. The law of the spirit and the law of sin and death are defining for us the old covenant and the new covenant. So this is the best way I can explain it. We have our human being right here. I, you guys are going to get to see my amazing artistic skills. I have won zero awards in my life, past, present, or future for art. It is not the gift on my life. But in the Old Covenant, we're going to call it the OC. In the Old Covenant, everything in the law was external, okay? So if I wanted to live my life for God, I have to be reminded externally of myself. The law of sin and death is reminding us there is a payment, a sacrificial order, and, and it does not live within us. Do we understand this? What happened when Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected is that we then allow, became allowed to have the Holy Spirit in us. So in the old covenant, everything is outside. And what we have seen through the Bible is that the Israelites were incapable of staying faithful to God through an external sense. It was not enough motivation for them. It, it would be like when you are, um, like you look at the Ten Commandments, but then you leave and you go back to your home. And in your home, you don't have the Ten Commandments, right? 
And so they're not living like we are. When the law of the Spirit came in over here, the new covenant, wow, that's really embarrassing, sorry. Ooh. Now our person, this is our person in their heart, and the law is actually written on their heart, okay? So now the law of the Spirit is internal inside of you. You, you also have external things leading you, but you have the presence of God leading you. So that means that when you see the Ten Commandments in the temple and then you go to your home, you still feel something, right? You guys are here in church right now, and there is external reminders of who God is. And when you go home, you have the opportunity to have that internal as well. The law of the Spirit is essentially the, the way that we are led by the Spirit of God from inside of ourselves, where the Holy Spirit now lives. Does this make sense? This is going to become important in a minute. So the law of the Spirit is uh, the new covenant that's written on our hearts. The law of sin and death is the old covenant that's written externally. So when we take this down a little bit more, in verse 5, it says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Grab this napkin to erase this. So what I want to do today, and my whole goal this morning, is that you guys would be able to distinguish what is the flesh and what is the spirit, okay? So we're going to kind of be a little redundant, but I really want you guys to understand this. This is really important for us because what the Bible is telling us here is that the mind that is set on what the spirit desires lives in accordance with what the spirit wants for you. But when we set our mind on the things of the flesh, then we end up going away from God. Verse 7, if you still got your Bible open, look at verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So when we are in the realm of the flesh, we are actually at war with the Spirit. When we are in the realm of the flesh, we are actually incapable of doing the things that God asks us to do. This is actually really important for the, the way where we're headed as a people. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. This is a tough one, and I, I know, but uh, it's true. You can't please God. So let me break this down for you, what it looks like, okay? We are one person, but we are a three-part being. We're a three-part being that's made in the image of God, okay? So God is three in one, and we are also three in one. And I know this might be news to some of you guys, but I think it will really help you understand. So in the same way that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are completely in perfect unity, but three distinct entities, you and I are in, made in that way as well. So let me uh, demonstrate it like this, okay? We could use a couple of different diagrams for this. But what I want you to see is, you might have seen the one, uh, the, the Westmore House Church did this diagram the other night. It was so good uh, when I was there a couple weeks ago with them. The soul, the, the mind, the soul, and the spirit. And in their diagram, they used it like this, like a Venn diagram, and like, like we are this overlapped person. You can look at it like this. You are a body, you are a soul, and you are a spirit, okay? There's three parts of you. I want to demonstrate for you a different way to, to look at this. And again, don't shoot me for my artistic skills. Oh, no, they're going to get worse. Thank you, though, for the, the blind optimism. Here is our person, and he has something wrong, but that's okay. We love him anyway, right? I told you it's bad. I went through uh, three types of drawings, and this was the best one. So 
Uh, there you go. <laughs> it's real good, guys. Here's what I want you to see. We are a body, okay? Our physical body, touch your body, hit your arm, hit your legs, you have a physical body. Your physical body has a voice. When you stub your toe, you discern the voice of your physical body, right? When you have a headache, the physical body begins to speak, and no matter what else is speaking inside of us, the body has a voice. But we're not just a body, as I just mentioned. We also are a spirit, okay? And here's how I want you to see this. We are a spirit. We are one, remember? So in the same way that we have a body, simultaneously our spirit is housed inside of this body. But not only that, we have a soul. And our soul is like the bridge. Our soul doesn't quite fit in this body, but that's actually pretty accurate in life. So the soul is like a bridge. Think about it like the conjunction meeting point between our spirit and our body, okay? The soul houses our mind, our will, our emotions. It is the part of you that's a little bit supernatural, but also very ingrained in this earth. I don't know if this is news to any of you guys, but hopefully you're tracking with me. The spirit, the red part of us, the spirit is the part that's going to go on to live eternally. When God breathed into mankind, he breathed into the spirit. He created the flesh out of dirt, that's the black, and then he breathed the red in. That's the eternal part, the part of our likeness. It's not the only part of our likeness, though. Our whole being is made in his image, okay? When we look at ourselves in the mirror, we see one person. It's all one big jumbled mess. But Romans actually tells us the word of God is living and active. You guys know the scripture? Sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide joints and marrow, and, dis- and, and really to divide what? Soul and the spirit. To me, what that says is when God looks at us and he sees this ever-moving mixture of, let's just say, black, red, and green, Jesus is able in a moment to cut through that and decipher what is spirit, what is soul, and what is body. The gift of discernment does that in that way as well, but the word of God does it also. So he has given us tools to understand which part is which. Now, why does this matter? When you are a new believer, you are primarily, it's going to get tricky here. You are primarily like this with a little bit of red because your spirit has not been awake What is it, John chapter 3, verse 3, the story of Nicodemus? And he's talking to Nicodemus, is talking to Jesus, and Jesus tells him, Your spirit has to be reborn. Your spirit has to be reborn. This is Nicodemus, a Jew, a Pharisee, someone who, in all purposes, would think, I am completely right with God. And Jesus himself is saying, this part of you has to be reborn. And if you know the story, then it goes into how Nicodemus is going, well, how am I supposed to be, my, like, my, how am I, am I going to crawl back in my mother's womb? What is this? And Jesus begins to tell him, unless your spirit is reborn. What, when that happens, our spirit wakes up, okay? Now, the goal here is that our spirit and our body work in a much louder conjunction than our soul. I told you my art was astounding. I know all of you guys are like, make an art gallery. I can't wait to buy it. We can auction off this diagram to haunt your nightmares later. But we are a mixture of all of these things. And the goal 
is that we live by the Spirit. When we allow our flesh to be the loudest voice in our life, we cannot please God because the flesh will never lead us into the things of God. Let me explain it to you a different way. In the Garden of Eden, my favorite story in the Bible, I talk about it all the time I know. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they partake of the fruit, right? And they're eating it, and what does it say? Their eyes were opened. But if you and I are paying attention, Adam and Eve were not blind. They walked their way to the tree. They could see and interact with God. So what eyes were opened when they ate of that fruit? It's my personal conviction that it was the eyes of their soul. I believe that our soul was designed to blindly follow our spirit as we follow God. But what happens as a result of sin in the world is that our soul gets a mind of its own. And our soul houses our flesh. It's, it's, it's the, when we talk about the flesh here, we're not just talking about our physical body. God is not telling you to crucify your physical body. You would be dead. Right? When he says your flesh is, is dead, uh, he's not saying walk around as though your body doesn't matter. He's actually talking about the ego part of you. To me, it's like the mixture of the flesh and the actual body. It's, this, it's the temporal realm. It's the part of life that is not eternal. And what God is saying is you have to be reborn again, right? When we get saved, we are reborn we become a new creation, and now we are designed as that new creation to live from the red, to be led by the red, that the Spirit leads us. Now, if this sounds confusing to you, that's okay. We're not even talking about the external factors of the Spirit world impressed upon this right now. We are literally just talking about your one being. And so what happens as we live through this life is that our, our soul gets tempted, our spirit gets engaged by the Holy Spirit, and we have all kinds of, if this was a digital animation, you would see all these colors moving like some sort of amoeba. Can you picture it? <laughs> I need you to picture it because I can't draw it. That's what I think the Lord sees, and he is able to cut right through all of it. You and I have to learn to live by the Spirit. Amen? We have to actually learn how to do it. Our spirit gets reborn, and our spirit needs practice. Our spirit is not born as a perfect angel baby creature. It is an eternal part of you, but it is so intermixed with your soul and your body that you have to train yourself to live by the Spirit. This is what Paul is talking about here. Verse 9, look at this. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you are not subject to the realm of the flesh unless you choose to subject yourself. It's not where you're born into. But because we are one like this, we can still choose that. You guys tracking with me? To us, to our naked eye, it's really hard to distinguish this. But to Jesus, this is why it's so important to practice hearing his voice, to spend time with him, because he can cut right through. We're going to get really practical here in a second. But as we came out of 2020 and come, came into 2021, I was spending time with the Lord, just kind of getting some vision for my year. And one of the things I felt like God had said to me was, he said, Rachel, I'm going to bring you into a season that's going to be really difficult for you. 
Thank you, Lord. Bless God, amen. I'm so happy that you prophesied that to me. He was not wrong. And he said to me in that word, look, this is going to press you. It's going to be difficult. And I have given you an opportunity to experience joy no matter what. I thought, okay, that's interesting. Someone else came and gave me a prophetic word. And they said, I saw this picture of you. And it was like you were in a pool and God was your dad. And, and God had his hands under your back teaching you how to swim, right? And they said that he helped, that God was helping you float on the water. And as you just floated on the water, having all this fun, underneath the water was all this pressure and these challenges, and you were just kind of floating on top of it. I thought, well, that sounds a lot like the picture that God was speaking to me. I want to teach you how to enter into joy. And as the pressures of 2021 started presenting themselves to me, I realized how profound that statement really was. Because my flesh pulls me into stress. My flesh pulls me into patterns of anxiety, of worry, of frustration, of overindulgent responsibility. And the spirit is pulling me into joy. And I get to make the choice, which realm do I want to live from? They are both simultaneous, just as this picture displays. But it's up to me to decide what the atmosphere I'm going to engage in is. Does this make sense? When I was in college, I, I was super busy. I, I love having a really full schedule. I was involved in all kinds of different things. And uh, I, I started having a skin condition. I broke out in psoriasis, which is a stress-induced autoimmune disease. Super cool. Uh, I wish I had known that prior to allowing myself to be so stressed, but I didn't. So I'm having all this stuff going on, and then my eyelids started twitching. Has anybody ever had this? Yeah. My eyelid was twitching like crazy for like two months. And I, will, I remember so vividly standing at the bar, the, the kitchen island bar thing at my apartment, working on my schedule, and every, like every block on the calendar had something in it. I'm going to this, to this, to this, and my roommate came in just with the voice of God. And she said to me, I think you're stressed. And I looked at her so politely, and I said, I'm fine. I'm not stressed. And it was like the heavens opened up, and she looked at me, and she said, you don't know what stress is. And she turned around and walked away. And she was right. I don't know what stress is because I like to think I'm capable of more than I'm capable of. So because I don't give stress a voice, and this is not a healthy thing, then stress builds up in my life, right? So if I'm not paying attention, the tentacles of stress from the realm of the flesh begin to entice me into its lair. I know I'm not alone in this. Now, for you, it might not be stress. It might be fear. It might be worry. It might be doubt. I don't know. But everybody's got something that's going, come over here. In the green, it's really great. <laughs> King David gave us an example of this when he literally said in the Psalms, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope where? In God. He is recognizing my soul is heading me, taking me into the flesh. But God wants me in the realm of the spirit. Is this making sense? This is what Paul is prophesying. You, he's declaring, he's teaching. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You're in the realm of the spirit. We have this choice to make how we're going to live our life. So let's just get super practical for a minute. You don't have to live by the flesh if the spirit of God is in you. The flesh is going to always be actively working against what God wants to do in your life. The faster that you recognize that, the easier it will be to discern in what's going on inside of you. 
Here's some of the thoughts that happen, the thoughts of the flesh. Can we just do that? I just have a couple. You can come up with your own list. A thought of the flesh would be, I am never getting out of this. Whatever it is, a job you don't like, a relationship that's frustrating, I'm never getting out. This is my lot in life. Apparently, I am Job. Thing after thing, hit me again, Lord, because I am your punching bag. That's actually a thought from the flesh. You guys are laughing because you know. (laughs) It is human nature, but it's human nature. It's not the realm that we've been invited in to live in. Uh, Thoughts of the flesh. Following Jesus is hard. It's just too hard. I can't do this. He's asking too much of me. It's too hard. Thoughts of the flesh. I will be stuck in this pain forever. Lord, I know know you're not going to do anything about this. It's a thought of the flesh. Uh, How about this one? They will never love me. It doesn't matter who the they are. We all have a they, right? They'll never love me. They'll never accept me for who I am. Um, Here's another one. God doesn't really care about me. I mean, I know he cares about me in the sense that he cares about all people, but internally, to me, he's very dismissive about my needs. It's a thought of the flesh. The, the, the byproduct of living in the flesh, how do we know which realm we're living in? Well, you're going to start seeing things like fear, anxiety, stress, worry, confusion. Those are going to be the most common themes in your life. Is this too much? Is this too deep for y'all? I'm going there because I want to help you be liberated into what God has given to you. He went to great lengths so that you would have the Holy Spirit living inside of you so that you wouldn't be subject just to the realm of the flesh anymore. Amen? He wants you living in the realm of the Spirit. So let's look at what that looks like. A couple of practical things. The, the realm of the Spirit. This is not the Holy Spirit saying this is what your spirit sounds like when you're living in the Spirit. Okay? It sounds like this. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he will. I just know. I just know he will. It could be really difficult. It could be very frustrating, but I'm confident God is going to make this better. Things that the Spirit would say. I can trust that God won't abandon me. I might not like it, but at least you're going to be with me, Lord. That's what the thoughts of the Spirit say when we're living from that place. He's with me in this. The Spirit, living from the Spirit realm is very hyper aware of the presence of God in your life. It's not the same thing as the presence of God doing what you want him to do. But being in his presence regardless. The things that, how do we know when we're living from the spirit realm? Well, you guessed it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are the types of things that we see evident in our life when we're living from the spirit realm. Can you live from the realm of the flesh and the realm from the spirit in the same day? I think so. I think I've done that more than my fair share. I'm living it. I'm loving it. It's awesome. God, you're with me. Whoa, I did not want that. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? That's normal. But we have to choose deliberately to resubmit our life to the realm of the spirit. Is this making sense for you guys? All right, so I just want to read one more thing. Let's go to verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. This is so profound. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. This verse right here is one of many, which is why I hate the spirit of religion so much. Because the Spirit you were given does not make you a slave again. 
But the spirit of religion, legalism, focusing only on morality without genuine reason for why you're living the way you're living, having your spirituality upside down, has made you a slave again. And what the Spirit has done for you, what the Holy Spirit has done for you, has been to liberate you to not live from that place. Not to indulge in every vice that you want to indulge in. That's not the point. That's what's so difficult about understanding the grace of God. To preach it well, it has to make you uncomfortable. But the challenge of preachers is when we preach the grace of God correctly, I have no idea what permission you will take that in to do whatever with your life. But I'm not your Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand how palpable, how incredible the grace of God truly is in your life. How much it will hold you. How much it will empower you. And what I'm saying is when we go into the realm of the Spirit and we make that our home, we actually look a lot more like Jesus than we think. We're still living in the realm of the flesh if we use the grace of God to gratify our sinful desires. Well, let's keep going. (laughs) So the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather... The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. This is what's interesting. Adoption, both in the biblical times and today, is this. Canceling your previously legally binding agreement and creating a new one. When you got saved, when you were born again, and if you haven't done that yet, man, make today your day. There is no reason to wait another moment later. There's a room full of people who would be happy to help you meet Jesus today. If you've never done that or if you have done it, what happens is in that moment, your connection to the realm of the flesh is canceled and you are given a new legally binding agreement giving you permission to engage and live from the realm of the spirit. That's freaking amazing. Amen? That should get you excited. You have no legal obligation to stay in the realm of the flesh anymore. None. Now, you might still be practicing that. You might still be convincing yourself of that. You might still have to walk that out. But biblically, from God's perspective, you were given the green light on Mario Kart to boost yourself straight into the spirit realm and live in its fullness of liberty that God has made available for you. And it's in that spirit that we cry out, Abba, Father. Do you know that Abba was not a name for God until Jesus used it? There's no prayer in Jewish history that references Yahweh as Abba until Jesus stood there and began to pray and call him Abba. And you guys know the life that Jesus lived is what he invites us into. He's going, look, guys, before you had all these hoops, but now, now he is your dad. Abba is is the word for father. And not father like, forgive me, father, in this distant way, but like close dad. You know me, you care for me, you love me, you tuck me in at night, you brush my hair, you give me thumbs up when I hit the ball in the right way. You guys know I'm not good at sports. It's in that place that Jesus is telling us what the Spirit has done to launch you into the Spirit realm, to live from that place. And in that place of the Spirit realm, God is like our Father, and we just begin to praise Him in that way. I want that to be my reality, don't you? I want that to be my ever-constant thought, that God, you care for me, that you are with me, that I, not, I don't just know it, but I actually feel it. I live from it. I experience it. 
I have joy in my life because I'm not worried about how you feel about me. I have freedom to worship how I want because I know that you're in it with me. I can live from that place, the place of the Spirit. Flip over with me real quick. Let's just get super practical as we wrap this up. Romans chapter 12, one of the most fantastic scriptures. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Before we get into it, what is, what is God saying here? Offer your whole body. Offer all of it. Your skin and bones, your muscles, your blood vessels, your soul, your mind, your emotions, your memories, and your spirit. Offer all of it to God as a living sacrifice. Lord, I give you this so that you can come in and make something with it. And this is the key for how. You guys ready? He's right here, plain, plain as day. The key for how you do it is verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. What he's saying is in the exact same vein as three chapters earlier when he's talking about how the flesh is going to lead you away from the will of God. How do you get your body to not do that? You renew your mind. The mind is like the access point. It would be like the Brad in this diagram that we could hold it all together. The mind has to be renewed because the mind remembers what your life was like before you were born again. It's holding the memory and the pattern of the soul. So for those of you guys that are in this process and you, you're, we're learning how to yield ourselves more to the life of the spirit, I urge you to renew your mind every single day. I'm still doing this, and I've been doing this actively for a long time. I have a feeling this is life now. <laughs> so you guys that are farther down the road than me can tell me, I think we're just constantly renewing our mind all the time. When we come up against something that's leading us to the realm of the flesh, what do we do? Well, I want, I want you, if you're taking notes, write this down. We've got three R's for you. This is how you renew your mind. I'm going to make this so stinking practical for you so that if you choose not to do it, that's fine, but at least you didn't choose not to do it because you didn't know how, Okay. So we got the three R's. The first one is recognize. Everybody say recognize. recognize. You have to acknowledge what you're thinking that's not right. If we're going to renew our mind, we acknowledge, we recognize. So we shared that story about last night going through those fears at the beginning of service today. So that's what we're doing. We're recognizing. I believed this fear, and I see now it was not, it was not the right thing to do. So everybody say recognize. recognize. The second one is repent. Repent. Nobody likes this word anymore. It's not a good, it's a taboo word in 2021. But unfortunately, it is the way to life with Jesus. So we got to get okay with understanding we have to repent, right? So we recognize I was thinking this, it's incorrect. And number two, we repent. Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. True repentance is actually making a change, not just saying I'm sorry. Repentance is not flattering Jesus by telling him lip service. It's actually acknowledging, oh, this is not good for me. This leads to the realm of the flesh. So we recognize, we repent, and the third one is replace. Everybody say replace. replace. We replace what we were believing with what is true. If you're struggling to know what the truth to replace it is, ask a friend. This is what we need community for. Sometimes, and I, I experience this too, sometimes I'm going, I know this isn't right, but I don't know what the right thing is. That's the time when you phone a friend. Hey, what do you think I should replace this thought with? If it's about your identity as a believer and, and really some of the things I shared earlier, you know, feeling like God is distant from you, that he doesn't love you, 
those types of things. We all go through that process. So what do we do? We recognize, according to Scripture, this is wrong. My personal experience might be telling me this is the safe place, but the Word of God says it's wrong. So I recognize, I repent. Lord, I'm sorry for believing something contrary to what your Word says. And now, Lord, I'm asking you to replace in my mind, knowing that I am your child, knowing that you are with me. Does this make sense? It's that simple. The enemy wants you to think it's so hard you'll never do it. He wants you to think that there's always going to be this giant war in you where you're, it's, not, it's not worth putting the time in. I am telling you today, it is absolutely worth the time. Renew your mind, disengage from the flesh, and enjoy what God has given you in the life of the Spirit. I'm not saying it's worry-free. We all know that. But it is where the manifest presence of God is. And he's just waiting for you there. He's just waiting for you there. So my challenge to you this morning is take him up on his word. Amen? Take him up on his word. If it takes you two months, two years to really fully walk from the spirit, isn't that worth it? Isn't it worth it? What you're going to find is it gets easier the farther that you go. The more you journey into and live from the place of the spirit, what you'll find is you begin to see what's green in you. You see it a lot faster. You, you begin to just sense, oh my gosh, I can tell something's off here. I can tell that my soul, for example, is, is magnified in this moment. And I need to step back. I need to get with the Holy Spirit. I need to let Jesus cut through that place, the spirit and soul, and show me where I'm being led into the pattern of the flesh so I can reject it. Amen? That's what it looks like to walk and live with Jesus. So here's how I want us to, to end this morning. Um, I just want to pray, and um, I really want to just lead you guys through uh, uh, the three R's, just as simple as that. So if you're, you're listening to this and you've got stuff sticking out in your mind of like, oh, I need to do this, I need to think about this, I need to, to reject that, we're just going to take a moment to do that. And then uh, I'll, I'll be available, Grant will be available, some of us will be um, available to pray if you have specific needs or you need help praying this as well. But let's just close our eyes for a moment and just um, put our focus on the Holy Spirit for a moment. Lord, we want to live from the realm of your spirit. We want to be led by your spirit, and we want to live in that place. Lord, we want the fruit of our lives to look like your fruit in and through us. Father, I'm asking and I'm declaring over every person that's listening right now that their spirit would be enlarged in the name of Jesus, that you would speak and engage their true self, the eternal part of them, to come to the forefront and begin to lead them. And so, Lord, right now, I'm asking that you would help us to recognize a thought that is holding us into the realm of the flesh. Holy Spirit, just highlight right now a thought that is leading us away from your spirit and into the realm of the flesh in Jesus' name. And if you, just, if you get it, just sit on it just for a second. And just keep waiting if you haven't heard something yet. So after we recognize, then we're going to repent. So just take a moment. You can, you can say it out loud. You can say it in, internally, but just begin to repent. Father, I'm sorry for believing something that's not right. Even though you, you might even need to acknowledge it feels right to me, but I recognize in your word it's not right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And now, Lord, we, we want to replace what's wrong. We want to replace our wrong thinking with something from you. So if you already know what is the truth, just begin to.
And if you don't know what's the truth yet, ask the Holy Spirit, what is the truth for what I've been believing? And Lord, we ask for the empowerment of your spirit, for the advocate to come and help us to embrace this as genuine truth within us. In Jesus' name. Just take a second, just begin to speak that truth over you. If you're feeling stuck and you're struggling, write down what what you recognized and ask a friend after church to speak into that place. And if you're hearing God say something to replace it with, I want you to write that down as well. You know, you might put it on a sticky note in your car to begin to just meditate on that and speak that over yourself. So I'm just going to pray just to, to bless you and to close us out. But Lord, we thank you that you have empowered us to live from your spirit. And Lord, I thank you that the strings that we have attached to us are going to fall in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you have given us keys on how to live and walk empowered by you into deeper places of freedom. And so I bless the freedom-seeking journey of every person in this room. I bless the journey of encountering you in the place of, of recognizing and repenting where we've been misled or we've been misinformed of how amazing you are. And God, I just put your blessing on each and every one of us that we would be people who experience the atmosphere of heaven and the realm of the spirit regularly in our lives, that we would be empowered to live from that place from this day forward in Jesus' name, amen.